0: Welcome to Plants and Our Health. I'm Helena. I'm Tom. I'm Aaron. So Aaron, who's joining us this week? So we're still exploring the theme plants and their own health this week and we're lucky to be joined by Nicholas Spence, who is the Chief Plant Health Officer for the UK. And this time around, we're going to be talking about how a country protects its plant life from important public engagement campaigns to keeping everyone aware of emerging pests and diseases that threaten plant health and also what they can do about it to regulating international trade. So it's all really exciting stuff. Yeah, I had no idea that was a job, but I'm excited to hear all about it. So let's jump right in. Okay. Okay. So thanks very much for coming on to chat with me today.
1: No, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Would you like to just introduce yourself and uh, your roles at DEFRA?
1: I'm Nicola Spence. I'm DEFRA's Chief Plant Health Officer, and I've got policy responsibility for plant health, tree health, and bee health.
0: And bee health as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it wasn't just plants. That's pretty exciting. Mm. And what do these roles, I guess it might be a bit of a big question, what do they tend to involve?
1: Well, my primary role is to advise ministers, stakeholders about the threats posed by plant uh, and tree pests and diseases, to come up with policy options to mitigate uh, against them either arriving in the UK or spreading, and then also to have plans in place for emergency response.
0: Okay, yeah which fits perfectly the theme of today's episode. We're going to be trying to talk about plant health at a more national level and what a a country does really to look after its plant life and why that's relevant for all of us. So I'm always interested actually how people ended up getting to where they did, especially with plants, because I know you studied botany, but then you went on and studied a microbiology MSc after that. So what was it that kind of kept you heading towards plants and plant health?
1: Well, I had a very early interest in plants from when I was a small child. Uh, Gardening with my grandfather meant that I just developed a a real passion for plants. So it was a natural progression for me to study botany. And we studied a whole range of different botanical themes. And the one that really interested me was economic botany, so the study of crops and ultimately pests and diseases. So I decided to specialize in microbiology and particularly plant pathology. And I was lucky enough to then go on to work in plant pathology and spent many years as a researcher. And then latterly, I moved into a policy role in DEFRA about seven years ago. And uh, it's my privilege to, to lead the plant health theme for government. But we work in partnership with lots and lots of organizations, universities, institutes, and stakeholders and businesses. So it's a really important and dynamic area for the UK right now.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think it's always interesting to hear that perspective, especially for plant health. It wasn't really something that I guess I encountered themes which related to it during university, but nobody presented plant health to me as a career. But I think there's there's quite a diversity of roles within plant health as a subject, am I right?
1: That's right. And we've been doing uh, lots of work over the last few years, particularly with the Royal Society of Biology, to promote plant health as a career. We've developed a register of plant health professionals and a continuous professional development route for people to enter the plant health profession And to develop their career. So typically it involves people in universities, colleges, uh, teachers, but also in government. We've got a range of professions from plant health inspectors who are out in the field through to pest risk analysts, economists et cetera, that work in government and advise me and in turn, you know, I then advise ministers and stakeholders. So we use a lot of science, uh, a lot of evidence, a lot of analysis um, and, you know, synthesizing that information, working with the research base to come up with new solutions to plant pests and diseases.
0: Yeah, because it's really an ongoing, an ongoing thing, isn't it? It's not just once you've got the formula, you can kind of crack ahead and give the advice, there's going to be new emerging diseases and pests and things can change unexpectedly, I guess. You know, that's the way biology works. Pests are always trying to fight back against mechanisms that we're trying to fight them with.
1: That's right. And, um, you know, one of our main areas of work is trying to stop pests and diseases arriving and establishing in the UK. So we do a lot of horizon scanning globally to see what pests are emerging and what's changing and obviously that's affected by things like climate change global trade movement of plants and people uh, and also uh, things are moving around in in the wind you know some things can blow across the channel for example so the main thrust is to try and keep things out but inevitably some things will arrive by various means and then our job is to minimize their impact, try and eradicate them if possible, and come up with policy solutions that support that throughout the whole process. And obviously coming up with solutions to manage the impact is, is very important. And that's where we rely on our partners in, in the research base to come up with new solutions. Uh, so it's an ongoing process. And um, you know we're delighted that the research base works really closely with us, and they also seem passionate about protecting our plants and trees. Of course, the public have a role as well, and we've been working over this last international year of plant health to try and get the public more aware of the impacts of, you know, unintentional consequences of bringing back a plant or a seed from a holiday, and then, you know, it becomes established and becomes a problem. Obviously, people haven't really been traveling this year so much, but actually, people have really connected with nature during COVID-19 and lockdown. I think the awareness has become much stronger that people want to connect with plants and they want to understand that you know, there are threats to plants as well as humans and animals.
0: Yeah. And the International Year of Plant Health, that was for the whole of 2020? Uh, That's right.
1: Yes. So we were designated International Year of Plant Health which is a UN designation. The United Nations General Assembly have to agree this. So uh, that shows how significant it is. And we started the year strongly. I planted an ash tree as part of our new ash dieback resistant archive in January. And then in February, we had a major international conference at the Royal Botanic Gardens Kew with lots of speakers, including His Royal Highness, the Prince of Wales, But of course, by March, the global pandemic had begun to have an impact and all the events that we had planned for the year, they all had to rapidly be rearranged. So our focus moved to much more work on social media and work online to raise awareness. And another thing that happened over the summer was a lot of members of the public received packets of seed that they hadn't ordered so there was this mass mailing of unsolicited seed to the public, not just in the UK, but all over the world, uh, originating from Asia, particularly China. So we had to investigate that. Uh, and we did a lot of work online. I did a video. We did interviews with the media to try and ask the public that if they received this seed to send it to us and we would investigate it. So that was a major effort throughout August. And there were thousands of packets of seed that we analyzed. In fact, there wasn't really a plant biosecurity threat. We think it was a brushing scam using the kind of internet sales platform. So, anyway, that was successful in that those platforms producing the seed were closed down. But it really did make people very aware of: well, I've received some seed, you know, is it safe? What should I do? And the clear message Mm -hmm. was. Don't plant them, send them to us uh, and we will investigate them. But actually the public understood that it it was not a good idea just to receive some seeds. You don't know what they are, you don't know where they're from, you don't know if they've got pests or diseases. So don't plant them, either destroy them or send them into us um, and we'll investigate them properly.
0: Yeah, that's quite mysterious. That's not something I'd ever heard of. I couldn't imagine just receiving some seeds through the door. Well, um, some
1: people you- thought, oh, this is great. But actually, most people realized that it was you know, a risk, a threat. You know, what were these seeds? Uh, so so that was a sort of major effort, which helped us in our messaging.
0: Yeah, a bit of free promo for you. But luckily, it ended well.
1: Well, it did indeed. And then by September, we launched our first National Plant Health Week. So we had lots of virtual activities uh, lots of public engagement, you know, posts on Instagram and, and Twitter and so on. And we also launched a children's plant health activity book called Izzy the Inspector. So this was created by DEFRA plant health staff, who thought it would be fun to to come up with a, a kind of cartoon uh, story about a plant health inspector. And it's been published in English and Welsh and it's available on the international year of plant health website so i think we've managed to do quite a lot this year and publicise you know how important plants are to boost your well-being how to take care of them uh, either at home or in your garden and how to buy responsibly from places that um, source their plants in a biosecurity safe way uh, and also raising awareness about if you're going out into woods, clean your boots. You know, don't unknowingly spread potentially pests and diseases are on your boots. Uh, and we're also pleased to hear that International Year of Plant Health has now been extended into 2021. So it will be carrying on up until July. And we've got quite a lot planned to continue the support for International Year of Plant Health.
0: Yeah. So when we're talking about plants that we want to protect, we're talking about crops as the food that we grow, but we're also talking about just nature and plant life, am I right? Absolutely. It's about everything, really.
1: It's about everything. And and of course, uh, crop plants are important and the economic damage, but uh, perhaps more importantly is environmental damage and plants and shrubs and trees which are in the environment need our protection as well so you know there are also social factors to take into account you know the the health and well-being benefits of protecting plants are a part of the whole story so yes it's about protecting everything and we've all got a part to play obviously i lead for the government response but everybody has a part to play in protecting plants so you know we are we're asking people to understand the risks And to take personal responsibility in the way in which, you know, they buy plants where they plant them and, um, you know, respecting nature when they're out and about in trees and woodlands.
0: So, yeah. So you mentioned if you're abroad, you know, it's best not to buy plants whilst you're abroad and bring them back. And you mentioned if you're out in the woods, you know, you can pick up things on your boots. So it's good to wash them. Yeah. But how can you know if you're buying plants within the UK, if you live in the UK and you want to grow them in your garden how can you know sort of what to look for for a a trusted supplier i guess
1: well we've been working with the horticultural industry over the last couple of years to come up with a biosecurity standard which then gives everyone assurance that those plants don't present a risk to the environment so we launched a mark called plant healthy uh, a couple of years ago and it it hasn't really been rolled out yet, but we should be seeing over the next year, more and more nurseries becoming plant healthy accredited, and then using labeling on plants to show that they've been produced in a biosecure way. So these might be plants that are uh, sourced and grown in the UK, or they may be imported, but the plant healthy mark will show that they have, have um, been grown or imported under high biosecurity standards. So the public can have confidence that they're not, you know, buying a plant that's not safe. We also have a lot of regulations around plant controls and plant imports, particularly. And at the end of the transition period in December, we now have a UK plant health regime. So that means that plants coming from anywhere in the world, including Europe, have to meet a high biosecurity standards.
0: So it's almost like one of those little stamps if you're, you know, if you're vegetarian and you want to look for an assurance that your food is definitely vegetarian. Exactly.
1: It's an assurance. So the scheme is very new and we're just uh, seeing nurseries passing their their assurance. But I would say right now, you know, buy your plants from a reputable nursery, a garden centre that you know and trust uh, and talk to your suppliers as well about where the plants are from. Uh, we also have a UK plant passport system now, which has replaced the EU plant passport system. And again, that gives us full traceability of where plants have come from. And reputable nurseries will know exactly where their plants are from. They'll be able to tell you about it if you're concerned and give you that assurance.
0: Yeah, and if um, if somebody, you know, I have some friends who work with community gardens and things like that, and I guess they'll also be sourcing their plants from somewhere. But is there, you know, if, if they have their own nursery, there's like the Granton Nursery in Edinburgh, where they sort of grow their own things from seed to repopulate debilitated areas of Edinburgh. Is there things that they should be looking out for when they're running their own nursery and, but they're perhaps not going through their own kind of assurance scheme with plant health?
1: Well, I mean, you know, obviously we want to support community-based schemes for encouraging people to grow plants and food. And I think it's important, uh, again, just to be mindful about, you know, where the seeds have come from. Are the plants healthy? If you're distributing seeds uh, and plants on an informal basis, that's fine. But I would say, you know, be careful about sourcing seeds on the internet, uh, the internet is also regulated by plant health controls. You know, we have had examples of where people have sourced uh, planting material on the internet and they've grown it and then distributed it. And actually it has resulted in viruses being spread. Uh, um. But I think many community-based organisations are, you know, working with their within their own sort of allotments and their own nursery systems, aren't they? So that should be safe
0: yeah and community gardening really is a sort a fantastic way for people to connect with plants and connect with each other as well absolutely it's, yeah it's a great way for people to connect with nature i think which is one of the the main aims really of you know international the international year of plant health and a lot of the work you do
1: absolutely and i think i've i've seen a, a number which is suggested that there are 3 million more gardeners in the UK now than there there were at the beginning of lockdown nearly a year ago. So that's fantastic because we know how important connecting with nature and gardening and growing food, how productive it can be and how important it can be to communities, social cohesion and also getting young people to learn about where their food comes from. Uh, So, you know, we'd love to do more work with those sort of organisations and schemes, again, to support them and make sure that um, everything is biosecure.
0: Yeah. So I think what I'm really gathering is caring about plant health and looking after the plants and making sure that diseases don't spread and stuff is, you know, it's really fundamentally just one of the ways we should be thinking about caring for the environment. And I'm not sure if coming from an ecology degree and coming from uh, people who are involved with activism to do with the environment. It's not always something that we, I don't know maybe include in the conversation is is thinking about plant health, you know, it's always carbon emissions and things like that. But you know is this an angle that you try and take or is this um, something that you think we should be concerned about? Mm-hmm
1: yeah plant health is very much part of environmental impact, so everything from you know invasive pests and diseases that can affect a whole range of plants, including wild plants through to uh, you know impacts of climate change and environmental impacts that then have an influence on the health of plants, which can make them more susceptible to pests and diseases, for example, and we know that climate change is having an impact on the way in which pests and diseases can establish and spread in the UK. Uh, Whenever we do a pest risk assessment, we look at uh, future climate modelling to understand how the extent of that pest might change over future climate scenarios. So I think plant health and ecology are inextricably linked. Whenever we look at plant health impacts, we want to understand what impact could there be on biodiversity, on plant communities, etc.? So, I would say, you know, ecologists and plant health uh, specialists should should be working much more closely together to understand together how climate pests and diseases are impacting our flora.
0: Yeah. And I've seen that in one of your papers, looking at defining sort of, I think it was 80 important policy relevant biosecurity questions. Um, So plant health related questions, really, that we should be trying to answer for the future. There was a few that were looking at this intersection between environmental protection and biosecurity. So is it something that we're seeing a lot in research that climate change and habitat loss, you know, environmental degradation is having an impact on plant health risks?
1: Well, I think we're beginning to do that. I mean, part of the idea of that paper, 80 Questions for Biosecurity uh, in the UK, is to try and bring together those communities that perhaps haven't always worked together, but together we can solve some of these sort of major environmental challenges when you kind of understand you know, for example, the distribution of plants helps us understand where the threats are, how the threats might be having an impact on biodiversity. So, I think in the future, ecologists, plant health scientists, environmentalists working together will help us really understand what's at risk, help us value what's at risk, and also come up with new solutions for protecting the, the wider environment.
0: Yeah. So maybe a nice note to end on, actually, is so what's something that you're quite excited about for plant health just now? Something that's coming up, perhaps, or a direction that you would like to see plant health go in?
1: Well, I think one exciting development is the NERC, the Natural Environment Research Council, recently launched a new research call called Treescapes, and it's all about the future of our treescapes, so that call's now closed, and I know there's been a lot of interest from the research community. So I'm looking forward to working with the consortia that have been successful in that programme to see how we can solve some of these major challenges uh, about protecting treescapes uh, for future generations. You know, at a time when we're thinking about tree planting and increase increasing tree cover in the UK, Developing this much deeper understanding of you know what is affecting our treescapes as well as you know what to plant where to plant it and how to make sure that future forests uh, thrive for future generations I think is a really exciting prospect
0: yeah I agree I mean the more we understand about trees and and our plants the better we're going to be able to protect them i guess is the is the way to look at it.
1: Yeah. And I think um, it's good to see that research councils are recognising this area of science and also that the research community are responding so positively. It's it's quite challenging working on trees and particularly tree health. It's much easier to work on a rabidopsis or or a crop system, which is well understood like wheat. So making the, the leap into... Working on more complex sort of systems which aren't as well understood and where we don't have a model system to work on is challenging for the research community. so it's great to see that there is more support for them to help us answer some of these really fundamental questions, which are absolutely crucial to society, the environment in the future.
0: Yeah, so hopefully we'll get some exciting answers yeah soon.
1: Absolutely. And obviously, looking forward to the rest of uh, International Year of Plant Health going into 2021, and to come up with new ways of, of managing the impacts and also protecting the UK from future threats.
0: Okay, so I think we've this is probably as much as we have time for. I've learned loads today, and I'm sure everyone who's listening will have as well. Um, it's been a pleasure it's chatting been, to you.
1: It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.
0: thanks for listening to this episode of plants and our health if you want to quiz nicola further about the uk's efforts to protect its plant life you can reach her on twitter at plantchief. and don't forget to join us again next friday for the final theme of the mini-series the future of plants this episode of Plants and Our Health was produced by Aaron De Vere and brought to you by Not Another Science Podcast from the Edinburgh University Science Magazine, where we explore fascinating themes and ideas, talk to awesome researchers about their work, and find out about the science being done right here in Edinburgh. If you have any feedback for us or if you'd like to get in touch with a question or suggestion, you can reach us on our Facebook page, Edinburgh University Science Media, or at our Twitter, at EUSCI. That's at E-U-S-C-I. You can also shoot us an email at usi.podcast.gmail.com and you can see the show notes and leaf through the latest issue of the magazine at usi.org.uk. Not Another Science Podcast is hosted by me, Helena Cornu, and my partner in crime, Tom Edwick. The podcast manager is Alex Bailey. The podcast logo was designed by Usi chief editor, Apple Chu, and the terrific episode art for this series was designed by Heather Jones, our social media and marketing genius.
1: Thanks so much for listening, and until next time... Keep it leafy.